0: Yikes. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Well, here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing rubber frogs. Just like Bubba said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all van. Y'all seen the block? Stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's Spall have the guts. We here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up.
1: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Silvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
2: All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor on the Five on the Floor podcast feeds and on the Five Reasons Sports YouTube channel. I'm Ethan Skolnick. I'm here again with Michael McCulloch for his Heat Vice President with 6,000 different titles. We've had him on the program before this time, I don't know if you have quite as much colorful stuff as you had the last time, but you got plenty in the background. I say, yeah, I always see the Amy Winehouse right behind your right shoulder. Uh, so Michael, today we're gonna we're gonna get into the 35th anniversary and other things that you guys have planned. I can't believe it's been 35 years. I actually remember watching the first game. Um, I was probably 50 at that point. No, I think I was actually, what was I? I was 14, I was 14. And uh, I remember watching with a friend uh, somewhere and just thinking wow we actually have a basketball team here uh which was which was surprising and then if you look at the history then obviously there's different chapters here you know sort of the pre-Riley years the post-Riley years uh, a lot of playoff seasons obviously six finals appearances three championships and so I I guess the the thought process is this 25 is kind of a natural anniversary 50 is a natural anniversary Uh,
3: what was the conception here in terms of okay we're going to do something for 35. Well, 35 is great and you mentioned all the incredible success and and that we we've, we've experienced on the court and as a franchise and and you're right 35 is like it's like that middle child anniversary so we're taking a little bit of a different tack with it you know it's not going to be about you know this date and heat history and you know this guy scored that many points we're going to look at it from a a nostalgic point of view you know nostalgia is really high right now and what we really want to do is we want to transport heat fans back through the the decades in which we've been in existence, but we want to put the heat lens on it. So, you know, if it's the music that you were listening to in the late 80s, to the TV shows in the 90s, or the fashion in the 90s, to all the tech that's kind of come and changed throughout that time, you know, we want to put the Miami heat into that mix. So even though, you know, uh, we might not have watched or listened to heat games on the big brick cell phone, you know, we want to act like, Maybe you could have, you know, uh, so you're going to see us take that kind of approach with this kind of anniversary, because for 40, you know, that's going to be our big one and you know that's 40 years anything that ends in the zero is kind of like the big one and so the ones in the middle. Uh, we we want to have a little bit more fun with those.
2: Yeah, transistor radios too. I think from the uh, from the late from the late 80s, Rossy had a lot more hair at that point. Um, I, I, I Some figured, things you can't bring back, like you can't bring everything back. I, I, well, I'm learning that shortly. Uh Rusty told me I'm going to be just like him in about five years. I'm heading that direction. Although I didn't have the curls at any point that, that he had. Uh,
3: uh, you but, don't want to. Uh, come on. Uh, I, I, I looked a little different 1988 as
2: well. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Um, well, okay. So w- when you look at, again, you're going all the way from 88
3: uh, all the way through. Uh,
2: how many Heat originals are still in the building now?
3: What do we have? five? Uh, I think we have, I think we have seven. Okay. Six or seven Heat originals, uh, including Eric Reed, Jose Pineda, Jeff Craney, Andy Ellsberg. Uh, Bill Ferran isn't working uh, full time anymore, so Bill's not there. Sammy Shulman. Yep. Uh, six. I think that's yeah, a good, six. That's a good
2: six. Yeah, I, I think that's six. Oh, wait. No, he's no. Fiorentino count no yes no uh
3: yeah uh, i don't think tony was day one i don't think tony was day. okay uh, yes he was yes he was and he still counts so yes so i made that mis-
2: I, i've said this before i've made that mistake before i've made mistakes with tony at times and whenever i make a mistake about tony he tends to show up in the urinal next to me in the bathroom <laughs> the and remind me of my mistake before i'm finished so i want to make sure i get that right so so coach i apologize for that all right so when you're talking about 35th anniversary like okay so you mentioned it's through a heat lens so what does that mean
3: uh, that means that we, we're going to be turning the nostalgia meter all the way up when we have our classic games. Again, we want to immerse people in, in that world. So for this entire season, we're celebrating the anniversary all season long, right? So there'll be nods and winks as, as we go through, even for games where we're not wearing the classic uniform. But on those games where we're wearing the classic uniform starting in January, that nostalgia meter is going to be turned up to 1,000 and you're going to be transported back to a different place in a different time through our game presentation, through our social posts, every time we wear that uniform at home, we're going to a different place and time in Heat history. It's crazy. You guys have been a lot, a
2: lot, uh, around twice as long as uh, your first-round draft pick has been alive. So, actually, that's, that's about right. Uh, all right, so let's talk about the home games now, too, because, uh, you know, the, the season schedule is tilted in a lot of ways to a lot of home games early against a lot of sort of interesting Eastern Conference opponents. There's a lot of Boston on there, Toronto on there. I feel like they're
3: going to be tested a lot, but at home, what do you have planned there? Uh, The home games are great. Like we have 12 home games in the first six and a half weeks of the season. Uh, And so for our fans, it's a great opportunity to get in and see us against that great uh, opponent from, from the East, starting with Chicago, then going Boston. Then you got these back-to-back sets with Toronto. Uh, We got the Warriors coming in. Uh, And then we have these really interesting, like I'm calling them baseball uh, home schedules where we've got, A game against Toronto on uh, Saturday and Tuesday and then we've got um, you know Charlotte coming in on a Thursday and a Saturday and then we've got Washington on a Wednesday and a Friday so it's going to feel very much like we've got these homestands against these clubs. Uh, But we've got the powerhouses of the East we have got the champions uh, of the NBA coming in all within the first six weeks so we've created some real cool ticket programs. Uh, some packages for people uh, to get in early. There's some special ticket prices. So heat.com slash tickets has all the information. That's your one-stop shop. Uh, but again, for folks who are looking to get in and try to see how we're going to be, the first six weeks are going uh, to tell a lot and are going to give people a chance to really see some of the best teams in the East. All right,
2: so let's go over the jerseys now because last year, again, you had the big introduction. Um, and, uh, and I know we joked about the ransom thing and then you guys ended up selling a ton of them. Obviously, people, I told, the, I, I the told you were that was going to happen. People were wearing them, so whoever was held hostage, though, we hope that they've been released at this point. Um, maybe it was KZAC Paula, but anyway, uh, let's let's get to the jerseys uh, for for this particular uh, year. What are we looking at?
3: Uh, this year, we have three distinct campaigns, right? So we have our our core campaign, which is our classic white uniform, our red uniform, and our black, right? So that's our core uniform, and then we will transition into our city edition uniform which is mashup volume two. Uh, So this is our mashup uniform, but it's in white. And the cool thing about it is that we have unlocked new number styles. So there are four or five different number styles that weren't available last year that are going to be available for fans this year. Uh, And what's also different is the players had to choose different numeral styles than what they had last year on the black jersey. So even though you might've gotten Bam's 13 last year, you're gonna want Bam's 13 this year because not only is it white, but he has a new number style that he's he's selected. So that takes us from the 5,000 choices that a fan had to over 12,000 different combinations that a fan can make because we've unlocked these new uniforms. And then in January, we uh, unveil our new classic uniforms. So again, this is from opening night, uh, 1988, that chunky number style, uh, the striping down one side, you know, everyone's familiar with the uniform, but for retail, we've done a couple of really interesting things. We've got a really cool patch that's going to go above the jock tag and that patch is going to have an AR element to it. So when you hover your phone over it, you are going to be immersed in this heat celebratory uh, experience. Uh, so three different distinct styles, three different distinct campaigns, uh, all wrapped up in the anniversary season. All right. And where does everybody find everything here? Uh, heat.com slash tickets is your number one stop, your one-stop shop for all things ticket related. And then obviously heat.com and heat on the, our, our social will take you through this entire campaign. Is there anything new for game? I mean, I'll go all these back this year. Again, Golden oldies ain't going anywhere. They're back this year. Heat dancers are back this year we got our usual stable of talent, uh, but we have some, you know, we got some great fun stuff planned for, uh, for this season. Some real cool giveaways opening night is this really awesome bucket hat. You know, so we're, you know, we're pulling out the stops. We want our fans to come back this year. All right. Well, golden all these, I've got three more years before I can
2: apply. So, you know, I'm fixing my knee. I'm getting ready for it. Um, Michael McCullough, Heat Vice President. Thanks for joining us again on Five on the Floor. Ethan, you got it, man. Appreciate it. Always, always happy to be here. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, Flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelpcom Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat.
0: After the end of a good fight.
2: Brady, back on five on the floor here at Miami Heat Media Day. I got, got Carter Hanna, Brady Hawk, Alex Toledo producing. And now we've got Haywood Highsmith. And you're kind of next, I think. Uh-huh. Like, when, like when we talk about the developmental co- culture of the Heat, it seems like there's always two or three guys every year. Last year, I remember talking to Heat officials in the offseason and saying, you're really going to trust Struce and Vincent to be rotation players this year? And they were like, yes, but you'll see. Yeah and you go back to previous years and all the guys that this organization has developed since pat's been here i mean all the way back to the anthony carters and the ike austin's i'm old but also and i know ac's on the coaching staff now but mm-hmm. but then then to you know uh, guys like tyler johnson Hassan whiteside etc players who maybe didn't find an opportunity somewhere else but did here so i wanted to start with you on this for uh, this first Did you seek to be in this organization specifically, or did you view view this as a good fit because of the culture that they've developed and the fact that they, that Eric and others in the organization, will give opportunities to guys who maybe didn't get in other places?
4: Yeah, I mean, the Miami organization has always been known for obviously winning first and foremost, so it's a great organization for that. But, um, the culture here has been great as well. But you know, they've got a lot of guys from G, like you said, and they developed them. And then they put them through a system and, you know, obviously it's been working, you know, Max started in the final, in the playoffs last year, you know, Caleb, a guy who was on a two-way contract, converted him. He played very well last year as well. And, you know, Duncan the G League now he's on, you know, a good contract as well. So, I mean, they have a good system here, you know, they believe in the development and growth of players and, you know, it's been working for them. You know, they've been to the playoffs a lot of times with G League guys and a lot of undrafted guys as well. So I just, I look to this organization as a great opportunity for me, just to just grow as a player get better, learn and, you know, just try to make the most out of the situation.
2: And Summer League, it always seems like that's the testing ground. Like, you know, you look at, uh, you know, before last season, Omer and Max, and they were putting the ball in Max's hands at the end of games. And then all of a sudden the ball's in his hands at the end of games in the Eastern Conference Finals. We didn't expect that was going to happen quite that quickly, but it did. But it also seemed like they put a lot on your plate in the Summer League this year and made you maybe more of a featured player. What what were you comfortable with? and, And what did you feel like coming out of the Summer League experience that you needed to work more on?
4: Yeah, i am um, always been comfortable in the defense, and I feel like just guarding one through four, um, you know, switching on the guys, um, being that guy who's going to be the leader on the team. Obviously, I was one of the older guys, one of the summer league team, so I had to be kind of a leader, kind of show guys the ropes around here, how the heat go, how the culture is. So I used the opportunity, you know, just be be more of a leader, you know, just trying to grow as me as a player. Um, so, you know, they had the ball in my hands, you know, a good amount of times on, you know, handoffs, slips, short rolls, you know, shooting threes, uh. Fish slips out, stuff like that. You know, just trying to give me my feelings to get give me better with that. But um, you know, coming out of summer league, I think I you know, definitely showed a lot what I can do and help this team impact on defense and first, and then offense the in second. And um, you know, I definitely been working on my shot a lot. You know, just to, you know, shooting has always been a big part of basketball. You know, I think that can help me get on the court more this season. You know, playing next to guys like Jimmy and Bam, you know, being able to shoot the ball is a good you know good um skill to have. But I'm um, just. You know, I use some of these just to try to get better just to prove that I can, you know, play in this league and I can bring some impact on this team.
2: There's been a lot of talk about the team search for a four and then obviously with the loss of PJ first. Was there anything you learned from PJ that you think you can apply this season in general with your role into just how confident are you to possibly make a run for those type of spots in the front court.
4: Yeah, my goal this season is definitely to get more minutes, get more quality minutes. You know, going to this, going to training camp. You know, just trying to you know prove and show what I can do. You know, like you said, PJ was a you know big part of this team. He did the little things. You know, he set a set good screens. He guarded the best player every night. I'm pretty sure hit a lot of you know, um, clutch three and stuff like that. So, you know, replacing him is going to be tough for sure. You know, he has a toughness about him. You know, he has a winning mindset about him, you know. So um, I definitely, P.J. was one of the guys that definitely um, helped me a lot last season when I first came to the Heat, you know, just watching him play and watching how he was in huddles and how was an intensity that he was and talking to guys and the communication on defense, you know, just how how attention to detail he was and, you know, and um, walk through the stuff like that. I think, um, you know, he's all about winning and I can just use stuff like that just to help me in my career as well.
2: Seems like every year, Eric Spolster kind of tweaks the offensive system. So whatever we think it's going to be, it doesn't turn out to be that way, particularly when you guys get through training camp and then go forward. But when you talk about wanting, uh, you know, improve your shooting, you weren't shy shooting when you got, when you got opportunities with he. I mean, he gave you the green light, right? To take your shots. For sure, for sure, yeah. And when you talk about shooting, because we know, obviously, PJ kind of mastered the corner three, yeah. right? I mean, at one point last year, we was shooting like 85% from three. <laughs> it didn't hold up quite that, that way the rest of the way. But is that the spot that you see in this offense where, because obviously Jimmy's going to get a lot of, uh, I mean, Jimmy's going to get a lot of work, a lot of touches. Kyle's going to have the ball. If Tyler starts, then you're talking about another scorer in the starting lineup. So where would you see sort of with some of the core players you sort of fitting in and finding your spots offensively on the floor? Is it the corner primarily?
4: Yeah, I think in, well, I mean, like you said, it's myself to offense, but I think in the offense we were running last year, if it's the same. I'll definitely be in the corner a lot. And, you know, if I don't have the corner three, I'll have a dribble handoff. And, you know, and I'll, switch and I'll get the short roll and I can make a play out of there, you know, float or dump down the bam or kick out to another shoot or something like that. So I think my touches definitely will come from, you know, maybe sometimes dunker as well, the corner, you know, being, being a guy who can just make shots from anywhere. I think um, three-point shooting, just not shooting in the corner like PJ, I think above the break I can shoot, you know, top of the key, anywhere around a three-point arc I can shoot for sure. Yeah, you talked about that above-the-break shooting. I know when you were in the G, you you shot the ball a lot above the break. I think it was somewhere around six attempts per game shooting from there, and you shot on a really good percentage. So is that some place where you can fill that P.J. Tucker role if necessary, but going back years before, you could also fill sort of a Jay Crowder role where you're specifically stationed as a screener and above the break, but you're just bombing away whenever you get a chance? For sure. I feel like I have a lot of confidence in my shot. I put on a lot of work on my shot not just corner, like I said, above the break. And I'm um, just been working with the shooting coach with the Heat as well, with a lot of different things to help me with my shot, be more consistent. And um, yeah, I feel like I can definitely fill that role. PJ, corner, you know, Jay Crowder, you know, guys like that, like the stretch forwards who play defense as well. I feel like I can definitely see myself in that role.
2: So, something I, I said at the beginning, I said there, there's always a next here. When you look at the situation this year, you look at the roster, you look at the opportunities, you talk about PJ not being here anymore. Do you feel you're next in the developmental sort of line for this organization? I think
4: the work I put in the summer, I should feel like I'm next. You know, they've. Had a lot of guys coming through here and, you know, been, been, been the guy who's, you know, developed, you know, last year it was kind of like Max, Max and O, like you said, and then, you know, Caleb as well. So, um, you know, the blueprints there, you know, I just got to keep putting in the work. I put in a lot of work this summer, been in the gym a whole lot this summer, just working on a lot of different things. So I um, just got to just, you know, stay the plan, stay confident, you know, just show what I've been working on. And you talk about being in the gym this summer. You were at Miami Pro League a lot this this summer. Uh, you were at a lot, a lot of those runs with uh, Taylor Sports Group. Yeah. So what was that experience like playing with the best of the best and showing out, being on the floor with them, get catching a body in one of those Miami Pro games? So what was that experience like for you? Nah, I love basketball in the summertime. That's the best, the best time to work on your game, playing in those pro leagues for, you know, not just for me, just for the kids and the fans as well. And, you know, just trying to get better, you know, just trying to stay in shape and stay, you know, stay, um, stay tight with your stuff. So, I mean, planning that stuff definitely gets me ready for the season. Um, and, like, planning the runs with Ronnie as well. You know, Some of the best players in the world come to those runs. Donovan Mitchell, you know, you got um, Darius Garland, you know, Bam came in a few runs as well. So, just you know, learning from those guys and playing with those guys, you know, that's, that's the type of things I'm doing during the season, playing with also, like, Jimmy and Bam. So, I just got to, you know, find out where I fit in, you know, just get my niche and, um, you know, it's been um, definitely a good summer for me just working out.
2: Overall, Are you the only person from Wheeler College that has had an opportunity at this level or any level? Yeah, uh, a
4: couple of people probably went overseas or
2: something like that, but I'm definitely the only person that makes an MBA. So it's just, what, what is Wheeler College? I have no idea.
4: It was, it was when I was there, it was called Wheeling University. Okay. It's called Wheeling, no, it's called Wheeling Jesuit University when I was there. Now it's called Wheeling University, but um, it's a Division II school in West Virginia. Um, When I was there, it was probably one of the top Division II schools. Like, we was ranked in the country for basketball, like, top ten, top five, a couple of times, stuff like that. But um, it's a small college. Uh, It was a Catholic college when I was there, but it's a small college. And went there all four years, and just got better. Had a good coach, and um, ended up my way in the G League somehow, and just been grinding ever since.
2: Well, so talk about that journey a little bit, if you can. So, so were you? I mean, what was your recruiting like? Did, I mean, did you have many Division One offers or not?
4: No, nah, I didn't really have a lot of Division One offers. I was honestly thinking about going to prep school, um, but didn't decide to take a different route. I actually, played in the AU tournament after. Um, after I graduated high school. So like i graduated graduate high school. I didn't know. I didn't know where I was going to college. Didn't know. I had some division three looks and division two looks. But um after I played in the AU tournament, I got offer from Wheeling another school and I picked Wheeling because I just felt like it was a better fit for me and um, from there I just started as a freshman um just got better ever since I think my freshman year I didn't start at all in my sophomore year I started starting junior year I got all conference and senior year I got like minutes we played a year all American all that stuff so it was just every year I just got better and better and just grinding my way up to the top
2: so you consider yourself a late bloomer and that's sure for sure
4: um in high school I didn't work hard at all and. I mean I lift the ways I didn't like lifting weights. I didn't like putting in the extra work I didn't like you know you know just putting in you know how it is when you got to do two a day stuff like that. I didn't like that stuff when I got to college you know i was I was just wired different I think my coach really helped me understand that you know in order to get where you're trying to get you got to put in the work you got to work harder so. Yeah.
2: We've been talking a lot about your offense, but obviously we saw what you were able to do defensively in summer league with the perimeter defense and stuff like that. Just how much do you think you can complement the guys on this roster that are already defenders? And are you the type of guy that says I want to guard the best player on the floor when you get out there? Like how is that? How was your approach in that?
4: No, for sure. And summer league, I told Malika I want to guard the best player. You know, I want to pick up full court. You know, I want to put pressure on the ball. You know, you know how the Miami Heat is. You know, we care about defense first, so I want to show that I can do that. And um, you know, I feel like I can guard some of the best players in this league in the summertime. And Ronnie runs. I was guarding the, the defense mentioned a couple of times I was guarding Michael Beasley stole the bucket to this day. So, um, you know, I definitely put pride in defense and, and, um, you know, playing with guys like Bam was a good rim protector. I know I can, you know, be aggressive, you know, and not take too many chances as well because that's going to look bad, but just, you know, be aggressive and you know, play physical and stuff like that. But you have a lot of good defenders on this team, so I think this team's going to be very good defensively.
2: I was going to go a different direction with this, but we have to go this way because Alex is the biggest Michael Beasley fan on the okay, planet. Okay. So, let, so let's just go to this and I, I, I covered Beasley's first few Years here, what because you're right, he is a bucket. Like I, I, a bucket, I, yeah. I mean, he is he has as pure natural score as you can yeah. possibly find. How do you guard Michael Beasley? There's no way to guard him. You just gotta hope you. I mean, you can
4: do like you can try to rip him or strip him, but if he gets to his spot and shoots over top of you, it's over he's six ten. So it's not really much you can do. You can do your best, but if he missed the shots because he missed his shot, to be honest with you, but He's a tough guard. He's 6'10 and can shoot from anywhere and gets to a spot easily. He's tough.
2: Well, I mean, that's the thing. We're trying to get him back in the league nah, somewhere. He should. I honestly believe he should be back
4: in the league at some point. Like, he's – putting he's, he's been putting in a lot of work, but he's in China right now. But he, I honestly think that he, he can get back in the league somehow. So. I
2: think you should suggest it's a Spo because you know, he had a couple I'm years
4: with me. out of my tech uh, bracket. <laughs> I just, just play defense and try to know whatever. All
2: right, final thing here, because um, you talk about being a late bloomer here a little bit. One of the things that uh, is the signature of this organization is not just that they, they find kind of diamonds in the rough here, but also that, that most of the guys didn't have the easy path on this team. Um, There aren't a ton of guys who are heavily recruited. There's not a lot of McDonald's All-Americans. Your best player's path was Juco, (laughs) right? Until he ended up at Marquette. Do do you look at, at Jimmy in some ways as kind of an inspiration in that sense? Because, I mean, again, his journey is not normal to being a top 15 player in the world, you know, with apologies to ESPN, which had him 17th, which was ridiculous. He's a top 15
4: player. I don't know why they had a 17th. But um, yeah, I mean, his journey, he's picked like what, like last pick in the first round. He's like an all-star, superstar player now. I mean, he's, He's just gotten better and better and he's a hard worker. Like I literally used to before the games, um, last year on the season, we used to play ones up here just to get Jimmy ready, get him right for the game. You know, I can just tell like he's just had a different mentality about him. He's just he's a he's a killer, he's a worker. Like him and PJ got the same type of mindset, I would say. Them, so them guys nice are built different. But I mean, you can just look at the journey he's been through and you can just tell that he's you know, he's he's been through a lot, but he's you know, he's gonna keep pushing and keep fighting. And then that's a lot of guys on the same at different paths, like me, my path, you know, NBA has been crazy. I didn't tell the story about hundred times, but I got here. Somehow, some way, and I'm here for a reason. So I'm just going to, you know, keep going, keep pushing. But you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's not about where you start, it's about where you finish.
2: They say that if if Jimmy likes you, he gives you a hard time. Yeah, he gives me a hard time. Okay, he's so he likes. A you. Hard time. He okay, likes so me. what does he give you a hard time?
4: Oh, uh, like every I told him over there every time like we see each other like he doesn't really give me a handshake. He just goes right by me like he's playing obviously, but he just
2: goes right by me. It's funny. it's funny. The hair extensions are awful though, right?
4: I have no comment on that. I mean, it looks nice. I'm not going to lie. It looks This little hair looks long. It looks nice to me.
2: So you haven't considered? No, never. No, that's not not me. That's not me. That's not me. <laughs> All right. Heywood, I Smith. Thanks for joining. Brady, you got one more? Go ahead. Okay, that's it. That's I'm good. sorry. I'm here asking right. the stupid questions. Heywood, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Appreciate
1: you guys. Thank you for everything. Appreciate Thank you. Thank guys. you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at JoinMIDI.com.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.